This is Rob Wolf, Director of Communications of the Center for Core Innovation. I'm here today with Terry Hickey, who's an adjunct professor at the University of Maryland School of Law and is deeply involved in an interesting project that they have been collaborating on called the Community Justice Initiative. Terry, welcome to Brooklyn and the Red Hook Community Justice Center. Thank you very much. Good to be back. It's my uh, sixth time with the law school, I think, out of eight times we've come. So uh, I thought maybe the way to start off is to just ask you to explain to me what is the Community Justice Initiative? Sure. Well, you know, I think you guys know that uh, one of the big questions everybody asks when they leave here is, gee, can we do this at home? The Community Justice Initiative, I think, started on that wavelength. What can actually be done in Baltimore, you know, with our politics, with our government, you know, within our judicial system, and, and how big do you start? Uh, the law school at University of Maryland has a clinical program where law students uh, get a chance to practice real law with real clients, uh, both individuals and communities. Professor Brenda Blum, who was the uh, founder of, of the concept for the clinic, uh, wanted to see if there's some way we could take this community lawyering concept, marry it to problem-solving justice, uh, and create this community justice initiative, use law students, use resources from the law school, combined with all of the different agencies uh, within the criminal justice system, within our communities, bring them actually all together to the same table, and actually finally answer that question, can we do this where we are? I assume the answer is yes. It can be done because you've been doing it for many years. Yes. Or, um, so I wonder if you could maybe describe to me how it's manifested. Sure. It started by developing what uh, we call the Community Justice Task Force. All told, I think uh, there were over 100 plus uh, entities, government agencies, organizations, and people involved in the task force. Building off of years of community discussions around prostitution, which has been endemic in Baltimore, uh, the law school and the task force and uh, many others that are actually on this trip now to Red Hook were able to get together and form an advisory committee for the formation of a prostitution problem-solving court. Mm. Uh, we're probably within the last two months of being able to kick this off. A judge is being selected. Uh, the group has received funding for a full-time social worker to be the gatekeeper. And the idea is to start out literally with the top three or four police districts for concentration of prostitution cases will be uh, redirected to this court. The whole idea is to get offenders uh, who plea into the court to be put on various tracks to provide them with housing, job assistance, drug treatment. In exchange for going through that path, the uh, either case would not go on their record or would be dismissed. While at the same time enlisting the health department to start uh, a Saturday school for Johns, Right. For instance, and to uh, bring back a program in which neighborhoods can report license information and descriptions, and the police department will send letters to the registered owner of the vehicles, uh -huh. letting them know that their vehicle was seen in a high prostitution area, sending the message that communities are being proactive. So right. that's the community side of community justice. Right. And then the court becomes the justice side of community justice. Um, What's been amazing about this, and I think this is what community justice has come to mean to me and, and several of us, you have prosecutors, vice cops, law students, law professors, community members sitting at the same table with advocates who work on the streets with prostitutes and refer to prostitutes as victims of what's been going on, whereas the police may have referred to them only as offenders or perpetrators. And we've all done this amazing, I think, 
process of learning from each other and about all the elements. And it's never seemed like this is a way of being soft on offenders. It's never seemed like, uh, you know, this isn't going to have real teeth to it. But the folks working with prostitutes know that this is going to give them another option. And the folks in the courts know that this is going to stop the revolving door. And the police know that they can stop arresting people for their own good only to have them back on the street the next day that nothing's happened. So, like I said, this is a couple of months away from being a reality, and I think it really sprung from those initial sort of community justice thoughts that that people got from coming here to Red Hook, combined with community members who had been sitting at the table for years saying, this has to stop. Mm -hmm. You put those two together, and it's a real-life situation that looks like it's really going to happen. Tell me about the role the students play in this and just in general in the community justice initiative. Sure. If you're a law student at the University of Maryland and you take this course, which is uh, the Community Justice Clinic, uh, it's a major, uh, they spend you know, roughly 30 hours a week working on this. It's, uh, it's a major undertaking for them. They all receive a community client. So on one hand, they learn how to represent communities, how to work with community members uh, by representing a wide range of, of uh, transactional um, you know, other things, incorporation issues, working with their boards of directors, the things that you would think of community lawyers doing. Wait, when you say a community client, you mean one of these civic organizations? A community association. Um, Not a specific person. Nope, nope, a but community the, the association. Community at large is their client. Uh, incorporated entities, uh, neighborhood associations, okay. uh, community development corporations. Uh, groups such as that, uh, acting as their attorney, train, helping train their board of directors, working on legal issues, but broadening that so that they can conceptualize these how crime and violence and maybe a lack of impact of the justice system impacts those communities. And by learning those issues, they're also placed in various other areas. A group of uh, law students are working with a prostitution court. Another group is being split up to work either on liquor board cases representing communities in actions against uh, problem bars and uh, liquor stores. Uh Another group is working on what's called a vacant house receivership program where they're helping communities work with the housing department to have something done with vacant houses, which is, again, a significant cause of crime and grime in neighborhoods. One of the main reasons we keep coming back to Red Hook, even though some might say we've seen everything there is to be seen, is each time we come back, we give these law students a chance to take this synthetic idea of community justice that they may have sort of heard about, and it's a very interesting clinic, and you'll get to do all these things in court, to, wow, this is really happening, and this is something that I could see a little piece of at home, or even just, okay, I get it now. <laughs> Let's get back to Baltimore, and I want to get working on that project again. As you go through in law school, you tend to, uh, the inspiration tends to get dulled a little bit from when you come in, and I think it's trips like this that expose them to the fact that there's so much more really going on out there. Right. I think what's different now from the first time we came here is that in the beginning, it really was a theoretical, boy, I wish we could do something like that, but that's just never going to work back at home. Or that Now I think through the Community Justice Task Force and the clinic and the hard work of everyone involved, I think we've got a foundation. So you can take, you know, it was always inspirational. That's why we love coming here. But now I think we can take the inspiration of the day, get on the bus, take the long ride back to Baltimore, wake up the next morning, and actually engage them in something that's going on Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to build something from scratch. And that's why I'm so hopeful moving forward. Great. Well, it sounds great. Very interesting. I 
wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Out <laughs> like we keep plugging away and eventually, you know, every little bit, right? Well, thank you. And I've been speaking with Terry Hickey, an adjunct professor of law at the University of Maryland School of Law. This is Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. Thank you for listening.